button all right check one check two this is it all right welcome to the cannabis coffee hour i like that with your host me rob cantrell oh man i have an exciting episode a dope episode a environmental episode a earth loving episode a hemp episode a farming episode I have a guest here from Lancashire, Lancashire Hemp. Uh, Lancashire yeah. Hemp is the company. I have a cup of their tea right here. And I am with the head farmer, the founder, the owner of Lan Lan Lancashire Hemp. You're going to struggle. It's all right. <laughs> Please give it up for the one and only uh, Caleb Kaufman, everybody. Caleb Kaufman. Caleb. Hello. Caleb, Caleb is, is a good way that most people pronounce it, but I have been called Caleb, uh, Caleb, Caleb. It doesn't matter to me. I'm a human in the universe. Yes, you are. You are an organic human in the universe, and I apologize for my uh, 900 SAT education. Okay, so uh, Caleb, no uh, I, I got it in my head not to mess up your name because it sounds biblical. That's I dig it. Caleb Kaufman. It is, it is, I guess. If it's easier, you can call me Cub. That's like my nickname from birth. So that, that might make it simpler. Oh, cool. Cub's a cool name as well. All right, Cub. Uh, but you're the president. We got we to gotta call you uh, Caleb. I mean, you're running this thing. And I do think the... Uh, the environment, the economy, as we're getting out of COVID-19, I really think you're in a position to take, I don't know, even society into a next. Do you feel what I'm feeling or talking about? It seems like, you know, this, I, I'm moving a little bit too fast. Caleb? No, you're Caleb. not. I know exactly what you mean. And yes, 1000%. Yeah, Caleb is, but this is what's fascinating about your story. Caleb is working in Pennsylvania with Amish farmers. And I love the Amish. I don't know that many of them, but I'm not big on the technology. I love dirt. I love the earth. I love hanging with frogs. I love uh, building stuff. Uh, I totally get the Amish. I totally get the simplicity. I do think life is simple, just like the breath. And yeah. moving forward, I think it's it when somebody pitched me to interview you, my mind was blown. It was almost too much to take in. Am I getting any of this right, uh, Caleb? Yeah, sounds good. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you talk. Give me a little bit about your background. You're in Pennsylvania. Are you from this town? Are you from Lancashire? Lancashire. Yeah. So we are from Lancaster County. So the company that we have is Lancashire Hemp, but we are from Lancaster County. Um, I actually came up with the name. Yep with a friend of mine one evening when we were smoking. And I was like, man, Lancaster really does look like the Shire from, you know, Lord of the Rings. And we were like, dude, Lancashire, perfect combination. Cause that's what we have here. We've got beautiful rolling hills. We've got farmland, we've got simplicity. Um, and yes, I was born and raised here in Lancaster County. Love it. Yeah, it is a beautiful part of the country. Uh, I'm yeah. originally from Washington, D.C. I was born in D.C., but I lived in the South, and my dad was from this small town in Southern Virginia, Pound, Virginia, and my mom was from Michigan, so we always would visit Michigan, and I would always drive through Pennsylvania, and I went to college in Ohio, so I know okay. the Midwest, There, it is a beautiful, they called it, you know, during the summer, it's God's country out there, it literally is. <laughs> rolling hills and Pocono mountains. Like there's mountains, there's nature, there's everything there. Yeah. Um, and coming out of Pennsylvania is, you know, you get the rust belt. So there is like, uh, you know, some economic downturning, but in terms of environment, you're turning it up out there. Am I right? We are trying definitely. Yeah. Big part of what we want to do in the cannabis industry would be, you know, definitely helping save the world. And I have that, you know, kind of in our bio and I, I'm not joking. Yes. I believe we can save the world with cannabis uh, via hemp, via high THC, all of it. We're talking, we can save the planet. We can save people's minds. We can just lift society out of kind of the, the dark time that we're currently in. 
I agree. I do think with cannabis in terms of the environmental, especially hemp, in terms, I'm really interested in how they make plastic out of hemp. I'm very in terms of, uh, re, I've been uh, hearing a lot about regenerative farming about hemp, regenerative yeah. farming. That's the new buzz term in terms of environmentalists is I'm hearing a lot. So uh, I do think it should save the, it will save the planet or help save the planet. I don't think it's the end all, but in terms of mental health that is happening right now with the internet, I think people are being raised in a very weird time with so much media being pushed into their skull that in terms of, I really see cannabis, CBD, meditation, yoga, getting back into the body, getting back into health, getting back into the simplicity of life. Yep. which is a beautiful and miracle that we're even floating on this planet, you know, luckily, you know, so it's like we got away from all of that and now we're all kind of figuring it all out again, coming out of this COVID-19. Now, how long have you been a farming company? Um, so we started back, well, it would have been 2019 was the first year you were legally allowed to plant hemp in the United States since it was, you know, uh, re-legalized, we'll say. Yes. So, so 2019, you jumped off. And yeah. this Let is- me, Maybe I'll history. start with a little backstory, if that's okay. Just kind of, you know, it's always important to me. I like to preface, that's how my brain works, of why are we here? How did we get here? Uh, what was the journey? So just a short kind of snippet was um, my late 20s, I was diagnosed with PTSD uh, because I've remembered over 20 years later that I was sexually abused as a child. And that set me down this crazy path of like healing, love and vulnerability. Um, I was started going to counseling. That's when I was first introduced to CBD specifically. Obviously, you know, back in high school, I used to smoke lots of weed, um, probably just like every other person in high school. But then as I journeyed through adulthood, that wasn't something... I did until, yeah, kind of being diagnosed, started taking CBD and was like, this literally is saving my life and helping me walk through this really difficult journey of trauma healing. Um, And so I was like, I was just set, like, I have to be in this industry. Um, I am an entrepreneur. So my brain is always like big picture, you know, looking ahead. And I just saw it coming. I was like, this is going to be huge. Like this is going to help people. It's going to help the planet. Uh, so I started doing my research and when 2019 hit, I was ready to go and started, um, planting and did a little greenhouse at my in-laws farm. And that is how Lancashire got started. Lancashire. Oh, Caleb, you're so brave to bring this up and how you found it. Uh, in terms of like, again, I do think with mental health and what we're, we are kind of opening up beyond a dark age in terms of power and manipulation. I think sexuality is tied in all of that. And it seems to be a certain type of awakening. And I felt it with this podcast. And I started, uh, I got arrested for pot in 2007 in New York City. I did three nights in the tombs for a half a joint. The tombs is right before where you go to Rikers. And I've never been in trouble. I'm a goofball stand up. You know, I'm just like pretty much the same cut American goofball kid. And all of a sudden I was looking at Rikers for a half a joint, you know, Uh, So that's where I kind of started going all in and being like, dude, this is not, you know, I'm just trying to do the American dream here. And I know a lot of people are, and I'm, you know, I'm getting shut down just for a half a joint just because I don't want to drink alcohol. I don't want to go into society's alcohol, party, party, titties, beer, fratted up all that shit that's been programmed into our society since the fifties almost. Yeah, um, I'm down for yeah, living like a hobbit. I dig exactly yeah. where you're going with, man. Uh, I want some goats. I, I want to live in a treehouse. I want to. Uh, I want to ride a buffalo. Why aren't there any buffaloes around? <laughs> oh my gosh, have you seen that guy on a buffalo video? We'll go on a little side trail. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. You'll have to bring me back. Uh, you're the businessman, Caleb. I'll all go right. side trail all day. But I do, uh, I did live in San Francisco in my early 20s. And that's the best pot. That was where the best pot was in the early 2000s. It still is really good weed. 
But uh, they were very, from an East Coast kid to go out there to California and see what San Francisco is about. And right. that was, uh, where we got the best pot cookies were, and this is when cannabis was still illegal, was from the gay communities. I knew a guy that was cooking cookies for AIDS patients since the 80s. Wow. He had what the best thing. Yeah, beautiful thing. Beautiful. He was just making pot brownies for AIDS patients since, and then it was highly illegal. It must have been, you know, yeah. super scary, even though you're in California. But it is exactly what, you know, if you have AIDS or cancer, you definitely need some hemp and some cannabis laying around just to get through the pain without yeah. dealing with some of these, you know, sicko, you know, pharmaceutical companies that have been really fucking up, ravaging our country for the yes. last 10 years. Uh, so what was it? Oh, I saw Golden, you know, Golden, Golden, if you ever get to Golden Gate Park, there's a part in Golden Gate Park where there's five buffalo. They have a field. Okay. That's how we got there. All right. That's how we got there. So I'm just saying, if you ever seen a buffalo, it is really trippy, man. They're like dinosaurs. But they yeah. represent America. They kind of, and they're kind of died off. And I see you kind of resurging and being a farmer and bringing, like, okay, how, how are you doing this with the Amish? Are you Amish? Um, I am not Amish, but so my last name is Kaufman. And if you know anything about kind of Amish lineage, Kaufman is definitely in my heritage. So my grandmother, she died a Mennonite and her parents would have been Amish growing up. So she grew up Amish. So I am a couple generations removed, but not too distant. Um, you know, the household that I grew up in was not Amish, but it basically could have been minus the clothing. So I lived in a very um, small bubble here for quite a few years, obviously had a lot of trauma from that. Uh, journeyed out of that. But again, you know, there's a lot of goodness here in Lancaster. Um, so you've got to, you know, there's good with the bad. And I choose to focus on the positive things because, man, you can always focus on the negative. There is always something to be negative about. Um, but on the flip side, if you look for the good, you will always find it as well. It's so, fair, yeah. Yeah. Finding the good in my own roots, in my own dirt here. Um, you know, is important. And there's definitely a healing that's happening, we'll say in the land in general, and also, you know, in my personal spaces um, at the same time. So it's pretty, pretty sweet. Very sweet. And I'm having your tea right now. And it's awesome. I'm Good. very into Good. health. Um, and I have high blood pressure. Like I said, I, my family's hardcore from the South. There's a town I'm related to everybody in Virginia. Yep. <laughs> like everybody's my cousin. All right. That's where I come from. So I know small town politics and I also know the beauty, the brutality of small town politics, but also the beauty of it as well. Yeah. So there is beauty in it and the simplicity of family life and having good oxygen and having good trees. And if you're an intelligent person and understand that the I don't know. I can't say what I'm saying is because I live in Brooklyn. I run to the park. I need nature. I really think yeah. nature is a part of our mental health. Yeah, uh, I think as human beings, we all do. And we have forgotten how to I like to say we've forgotten how to speak with nature. Yeah. Um, you know, I do believe that, you know, we've lost the art of that. And, you know, the indigenous tribes that, you know, we took over here and wiped out, had that knowledge and we discarded it. And I do believe we are in an age of awakening where it sounds like you're experiencing that same. There's something happening um, in the universe. I truly believe that. And um, I believe there is a literal portal that's being opened and just energy is being poured into the earth. I don't know if you saw, we'll go on a rapid trail on the, the space hurricane. Did you see any pictures of the space hurricane that happened? Oh, that yeah, started? break down the space hurricane. I'm interested, though. Well, I'm not a scientist. I'll just tell you what I saw and read a couple articles. But apparently there was recently, well, recent in 2014, I guess it was captured and they just discovered the imagery as they were going back through probably researching and just looking at all the data. And there was a giant, literal, like, hurricane-looking thing in space over planet Earth. And it looks like a giant giant like spiral portal it's pretty crazy and they were saying that it literally had been raining electrons through this event that happened over earth and i'm like dude that is you know something is reaching out from space we are in a time of awakening um 
And I truly believe that. And I'm doing my part. You're doing your part. And I think we're going to head in the right direction and heal the world. Yeah. Uh, we should, we should hear the world. And, uh, but I don't think it's a one pill take all. And I do think there's a lot of research for cannabis, like just being an older cat. And I was more of a drinker in high school. And then cannabis kind of got me out of that funk. Yeah. And when I found cannabis in college, I was like, what the fuck's this corny drinking shit? I want to just do bong hits and watch Star Trek and make beef yep. uh, and do creative stuff and be kind and look at trees and enjoy nature and feel the sunshine on my face. Like that's uh, those are the magical moments. Very but, true. But at the same time, with mental health and the access to hardcore, you know, psychedelic cannabis, I worry about the youth a little bit. Like I do think. I mean, I tell little cousins, everybody I know, like, wait till you're 21. Wait till your brain is yep. still growing. Your brain is so powerful. I think the whole universe is inside our brain. Yeah. You know? And as much as I want to heal everybody else, this pandemic has helped me go inward. And when I meditate, I go way into my heart and way into it. And uh, and I try to heal myself because I think the judgment and the anger in the versus mentality has really you know tied a knot and we're trying to make this all work but there seems to be this weird knot in terms of you know black lives matter or trump or politics i don't even want to go into it all but but uh it's it's going to take us all to talk to each other and actually have some compassion and understand each other yeah and that's a good like that's a very good point um there's a lot of hard lines being drawn right now. And, you know, I made a joke to a friend the other day. I was like, yeah, you remember when, when it wasn't such a big deal to have a disagreement? Uh, <laughs> you remember when that like just wasn't a big deal where you're like, oh yeah, we disagree. Now it's like, you know, it's like, man, draw the battle lines. We disagree. Like, am I going to speak with you? How am I going to interact around you? And hopefully cannabis will offer a safe space for the conversation. You know, that's yeah. kind of what, what I'd like to see happen and part of what cannabis can do um, is create a safe space to say, Hey, it seems to be some sort of a middle ground right now. And I think that's, you know, a gift from the planet and we need to use it and say, all right, let's just have these conversations. Emotions are hard. I know, you know, I'm, I just turned 35 and I feel like because of, you know, my journey and my trauma, I'm like 10 years old emotionally. You know what I mean? Like I am emotionally trying to like learn how to put words to my feelings. Um, cannabis helps me do that. Microdosing helps me do that. Um, and just kind of working through that. And it seems like we're all doing that as adults now, you know, in our thirties being like, holy shit, like what just happened to me? You know, like as in I grew up and here I am and all of a sudden now coronavirus and you're just like, wow, we need to, we need to figure some stuff out here. Yeah. And usually the answers are right in front of our face, you know, and it's usually the simplest, just straight up um, being kind to yourself and yeah. thinking about the next moment. And, you know, that's the thing about cannabis. And as much as I love to fantasize about, you know, paradise on earth or whatever you want to talk about it, there only is what is now. That's what I've been getting. There is only is the only thing that matters is this moment. That's the only thing that's really all we ever have. that's all we have. And it is forever. But yep. there's, you know, there's going to be other moments. So we're just preparing ourselves. I always try to set my future self up like, OK, I yep. got to make some difficult moves now. But. Think of myself at 50 years old and I'm drinking cannabis tea instead of drinking Dr. Pepper that my dad drank. You know, yep. or, you know, uh, I, or, you know, alcohol or, you know, scotch or whiskey. Not that any of these things are bad, but cannabis is an option not to take the routes. And sometimes those, I mean, it's if you're boozing hardcore whiskey at age 60, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how, I mean, people could get by it, but I feel I'm almost 50 now and I still feel 20. Cause I stopped drinking when I was 22 and just hit cannabis the whole freaking time. The whole ride has been coffee and weed since the get go. Yeah. Um, uh, some, but, uh, but I have a family and stuff. So I haven't gone hard on psychedelics since my early twenties. Uh, uh, my first 
You want to know the first time I took ecstasy? <laughs> yes, let's hear it. It was at a Jamiroquai concert. <laughs> That's how old I am. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know Jamiroquai? I do not even know. Oh, yeah. Then you don't even. It's like a almost disco funk. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anybody, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little bit cheesy, but not to go into. I want to talk more about farming in the Amish. Caleb, yes. tell me about. I feel like I do. I'll say this. I've got a lot of things and goodness to offer in the sense of there's just so many. What do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about how I work with the Amish? Do you want to talk about how we do the co-op at Lancashire? Uh, more personal. Both, both of those. Yeah. What do we want and to we'll do? go personal because I do think that your story is so brave. And I do think people are listening right now saying, man, I went through the same type of shit and we're all yeah. dealing with it. OK, so I get yeah. it. But let, yeah, let's go from Amish to uh, to the business and then yeah. then a little bit of personal. And then, yeah, we'll say we'll do a couple goof offs at the end and we're done. Perfect. All right. So working with the Amish. So really. Man, yeah, it's an interesting spot because, you know, kind of my heritage and my name, to be honest, gives me some privilege around here. Just say what it is. You know, I am a white male with the last name Kaufman living in Lancaster County. All right. That is, it's easy for me to do things because of that. And I acknowledge it, but I also want to use it to create space for everyone. And that is literally our mentality around here is I say it's about the we, not the me. I don't like to call myself the owner specifically. I call myself the founder because Lancashire is bigger than me. It is, you know, we've got a whole co-op of 15 Amish farmers. We've got, you know, a couple of different team members here in-house. We got an orange team, blue team, purple team. We total about 10 to 12 people a week. Um, and then, you know, the network grows from there to our retail wholesale partners because we truly do take a different approach to business, period. We don't do capitalistic garbage. I like to call it socialistic capitalism. It's okay to make money. Let's be kind about it. Let's be fair about it. Let's give everyone a piece of the pie. Um, so I kind of took that mentality, which fits perfectly with the Amish community, because that's really what they do. Um, finances in the Amish world are very interesting in the sense of there's a really cool accountability. Um, obviously, typical stories of, you know, People would be like, oh, yeah, if a barn burns down a day later, the Amish community builds it back up. Um, you know, that type of mentality is what we're all about. So it was, you know, kind of the synergy was there to work with the Amish uh, once they kind of got to know me more, uh, building relationships over a couple of years and just showing up and being real and honest and being like, yeah, this guy, uh, we can trust him, not trying to rip us off. Um, and honestly, that's a lot of what it's about, just building that trust with people. Having real relationships with people. That is uh, what really re I did do sales early on and, you know, it was hardcore, like million phone calls. But what you do learn, not the cat, you know, you do learn that it comes down to relationships. Like if they know yeah. you and they trust you and you haven't been shady on the money. Yeah, it has to. Be, it must. Yeah, you can't call these Amish guys. You have to go and visit with them and build the rapport with them. Um, and yeah, yeah, a lot of farmer meetings, going out to farms, um, you know, so basically like what I was able to offer was, you know, as hemp came into the scene, you know, if you want to grow hemp right now, you have to have a permit. So there's permitting, um, there's paperwork that involves getting background checks. These are all things that in the Amish community are a lot more difficult. Most Amish don't even have a photo ID. Um, there's some exceptions where some do, some have photoless IDs. Um, so there's a lot of practicalities of saying, hey, if the Amish community wants to get into hemp, uh, you know, most of them are going to need some help doing the practical paperwork side. So that was one of the things that I saw immediately and was like, man, what a cool position to be if I could kind of facilitate this. Again, it's not even about me. It's just creating a space for everybody to say, if I have a gift that I can offer and facilitate and kind of lead it, everyone else is on board. You know, they do their part. And, you know, Amish, Amish farmers know how to grow stuff like really, really, really well. Uh, the soil around here is some of the best in the world. Like we've got a lot to offer from an agricultural standpoint. So it was like, man, let's connect the dots here, build some trust and see what we can do together. Oh, brilliant, Caleb. I think this is so brilliant. And yeah, I just have this imagery of these uh, 
the Amish farmers just getting down with their hands dirty and growing this hemp uh, for the seed. I'm, I'm having the glass of tea. It's not psychoactive. It's literally body. I feel good. It tastes good. I feel yeah. the nature when I open the bag. Yeah, it smells a little bit like cannabis, but everybody knows cannabis is one of the best smells. If you want to talk about smells, it's one of the best smells you could get. Agreed. Uh, uh, so it, 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 and it, it makes me calm down and I could tell that it lowers my blood pressure was, which is amazing. Um, yeah. the Amish farmers, I do find that fascinating. How are they like in, in the Amish community? They don't smoke. They don't do drugs. They're not into caffeine except for devil's night. I saw that one movie where you can party when you're 19 and go nuts. <laughs> so basically, yeah, the Amish community, surprisingly is a lot more progressive probably than people would expect. And I will say like, sure, progressive, yeah, point. Yeah. but um, they never left plant-based medicine. If you think about it, you know, Amish are not into pharmaceuticals. They don't do, you know, hospital visits unless it's an emergency. Um, so they had knowledge from just, you know, what type of herbs and stuff like that, just as natural plant-based yeah, yeah, totally. Like uh, oregano is good for your stomach or, you know, it, there is uh, like we can grow good aloe that's just a better solve as any of this uh, chapstick that, you you know, all yes. the stuff, the plants do have everything, you know, not everything. but Literally, though, you can find a plant for almost any kind of ailment. And, you know, I, honestly, where do you think the pharmaceuticals got those ideas from? You know, they took it from plants and said, let's make a synthetic version that we can mass produce to society. And now obviously we're having that awakening being like, well, that's not good for us. And we're all having, you know, like anxiety attacks and breaking down and just being like There's years after. And yeah, these weird things, like I would say, yeah. Uh, in Virginia, when I would go visit my grandmother, there was like a pipe in the small town is in the Appalachian mountains, but there was a pipe outside of the mountain and it would just pour spring water. And I remember oh, nice. drinking the water out of it. And I was born in 72. This is like 76. But I specifically remember the taste of that water being so clean and so full of minerals and so just like, oh, my God, you know, just like the good shit. I think through the 80s and 70s and 90s, everything got so processed and so capitalized that nutrition was off. Uh, media was off. I think like internet pornography, I think is fake and weird. I think the snacks are fake and weird. I think, you yep. know, people aren't living real, real lives or as yeah. real, or that's what I've been getting to. Like, it's not about life. Isn't about pleasure. It's not about pain. It's about living. Like, how can you really live in relationships is a part of that and love and emotions and growing and and sharing this stuff uh yeah so you've been true. in business for like a year with these guys and you compile all the hemp together and then you're packaging yep. it in tea right so yeah we we do a lot we pretty not everything but we've got tea we've got tinctures we've got smokable premium flour um you know we make vape cartridges um so we do a good mixture of everything. We, we want to find, you know, a way that it fits everyone's lifestyle because some people, they don't want to smoke. Some people, they want to smoke. Um, so it's whatever version, you know, fits your lifestyle. We, you know, we're going to grow it, process it as a co-op and offer it to the world. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, yeah, I'm having the tea right now. The tincture is, you know, a great, but I will say one of the things that, I mean, just as as I grow older and I have more shit to do, I do like yeah. to smoke pot. I like to roll joints. I like to do the whole thing. Um, yep. And I used some of your CBD. My thing is uh, I take some sour diesel, take some of this new high premium thing, but then I yep. mix in my CBD. So I'm not out of the, out of the park after one hit yep. stuff is so strong these days that, you know, mixing it with a good, healthy CBD is, you know, somewhat of a benefit. I'm just, that's my little tip to the young bucks. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Because right now we don't have a good, we'll say a one for one from a plant-based perspective, just because the restrictions on growing hemp right now, you're not allowed to have hardly any THC in it, which is fine. 
but yeah. it would be great. Um, you know, I think the writings on the wall will be full recreational legal as a nation soon. Um, you know, and hopefully at that point we can see better ratios to say, Hey, we can actually breed a genetic that does 10% CBD and 10% THC and offer that because you're right. Not everyone needs a high THC flower for their needs. You know, that's fun. Sometimes maybe Friday night or weekend, or maybe some people that's what they need medicinally. Yeah, um, but there's a whole lot or, of other people. Yeah, totally. Don't yeah, sometimes so. dab culture. Like I don't rag on that just because sometimes you need, I mean, if you want to wipe away the pain, I would definitely try dabs before, you know, Percocets. That's a fun way to put it. Yeah. Wipe away the pain. <laughs> Wipe away the pain. Uh, yeah, those dabs are pretty strong. But at the same time, the CBD and yeah. the power, uh, that's what I was going to say. We're at 15 states fully legal right now. And Switzerland, yeah. I love. I like Switzerland. Uh, I haven't been there, but I'm part Swiss, so I have a little bit of like, but their whole thing with yeah. cannabis is they sell weed, but it's uh, high CBD. So I think if America went to like, hey, man, people... As I always say, people are going to smoke weed. That's just, I don't know why they make it illegal. It's like, people are going to smoke weed. People are going to be gay. Yep. That's just the gig, man. It's America. You know, it's just the human concept. You know, some people are going to be gay. Some people are going to smoke weed. You're not going to break that. Yep. So making laws against that, you're just going to set people up for suffering. Uh, but I do like- You are exactly house. right. Exactly right. Yeah, you're just setting Isn't them up. silly too? Like, it's such a funny thing. Um, I'm actually- I'm in talks right now with quite a few um, representatives on a state level and working on potentially changing the current marijuana laws in Pennsylvania and in live talks with uh, some really good people that are kind of on that same mindset. And I was doing some writing the other day. And that was one thing that came to me. I was like, why don't we make laws that actually bring joy and uplift people instead of writing laws that create fear and hostility. You know, like we have the option to do that as a state and nation. There's no like rule book that says our laws have to be negative, that they have to push people down. Like, why don't we build laws that lift everybody up, create space for everybody? Yeah, I mean, I think the pursuit of happiness, I still believe in this country and I still believe, and I know people are good at their heart. At the end of the day, yeah. if you strip a regular man down with no, if you just take everything away, at the end of the day, people are good. You know, at their core of their core, it's just, you know, manipulation yeah. and power and growing up and where you're at in life. Sometimes people tend to take dark turns, um, but we can yeah. lift each other up. And yeah, we can have laws uh, that are more positive and not, you know, but at the same time, we got it. it we have to protect people. <laughs> we yeah. have to protect people. I'm not full on like no government, no this. I'm, you know, people got to, you know, you know, I got to get to school. Life is real. You know, people got to yeah. pay bills. You know, life is going to happen. People are going to break their neck, going to roll their ankle. Cancer is going to happen. All kinds of shit's going to be happening. But I do yeah. think cannabis could be a graceful way to you know, get out of life a little bit less beat up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enjoy it, enjoy it a little more. Let's make it easier for ourselves. Yes, to find out who we really are and grow into, you know, uh, you know, nature just is unlimited when you let it do its thing. Yeah, very true. Now with, uh, we talked about now with the finance, so you're in a year, do you have a store? Break it down, you do have a store. I'm starting to see hemp stores being a more thing. I'm seeing this in little towns. I'm seeing local hemp stores. What's happening, Caleb? Yeah, so right now we don't have a brick and mortar store just because we are a younger company. So let's see, 2019, again, I started Lancashire. Uh, it was in my basement, honestly, and for the first year. And then once we kind of grew, I moved that out. Now we have our own facility. We don't have a store yet, but we've got a website so you can buy stuff there. And then locally, we are spreading our wings to just partner with other uh, shops in the area, mom and pop shops, smoke shops, uh, health and wellness, and kind of just offering that same type of partnership in the sense of we give, and this isn't a sales pitch. It's just, it's a mentality again of we want everyone to succeed. We want everyone to share in the pie. 
So if we actually have a real relationship with a store and say, hey, let's talk about the pricing. Here's what we would need to make and we feel good about. What do you need to make and feel good about? And then also make sure we're including the end buyer and saying, you know, we want people to be able to get this stuff without having to spend a lot of money because it is a medicine. So let's make it affordable so more people can get the care they need. Um, so that's really where we're at now is trying to grow more partnerships with more stores so we can, again, offer those better kind of products and prices to people because um, the cannabis industry right now, honestly, is a little, it's, it's, it's a little like cutthroat, you know, like it's all, a lot of people in it are about the top dollar. Um, and it's kind of a shame. And I always say very ironic that of all the industries to be kind of backstabbing and cutthroat, it should not be cannabis. You know, we should be, we should be trying to get this out there in a more positive way and not just make it about money. Yeah, it's not, I a hundred percent. And I think that ties into small business. And I do think, you know, the, the pursuit of happiness, and I do think whatever you put into your mind, you could really make happen in this life. The mind is a whole other trip that I don't think we've even tapped into, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think what you're doing is talking about small business, which is ideally the best. I'm just getting the word out on the street because I work for high times. Like these big companies are coming in trying because everybody sees the writing on the wall. The Republicans smoke weed. The Democrats smoke weed. Everybody smokes weed. It's going to be legal as soon yeah. as it's corn balls from the older generation get out of the way. Uh, <laughs> yep. But at the same time, uh, when industrial, super industrial capitalistic cannabis the quality of the cannabis goes down, the soul of the product goes down, and even the effects. I could tell when I'm smoking weed from a sketchy grower. <laughs> no, I, I, but I always say this about businesses. I know when I walk into a store, I could tell if the person running the store is a dick. Like, right. I, there's just vibes. Everything has yeah. vibes. And I do think with cannabis, it's very important that, you know, the small local vibe, like, by buying Lancashire hemp, everybody going to their website and buying their tea, you're supporting American small business. Okay. Amazon doesn't need any more money. Walmart doesn't need any more anymore. You know who needs more money? Caleb and his employees. And you know, I will, I will distribute it fairly. You can trust yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. No, I could tell. And I totally, you're, you're a hundred percent right. When you're about the almighty dollar in terms of profitability, but like, oh, I can get hemp. You know, I got these Amish guys. I could grow this for free all day. I'll just charge, you know, $50 because the block is hot right now. That right. is just, you know, that's terrible. And like you're saying is like, if you bring cannabis in your life, it is kind of a long haul. Like, I think I'm just going to be smoked. That's just who I am mm -hmm. as a person. I know myself well enough that I'm going to have cannabis around to especially during my old age, I want cannabis around. Yeah, wow. forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, there's a time to make money. And I'm just telling the kids, sometimes you got to focus. Like my man, yeah. Caleb, you can't be taking, you know, super blunts to the dome every morning and try to go run a business that people are going to invest a million dollars into. And that's true. I'll, I'll say it. I don't even smoke uh, until evening time. So I in Pennsylvania, we're still under the marijuana or medical marijuana laws. So if you want to smoke, you have to have a medical card. Um, I do. I don't even smoke during the daytime for that reason. Cause it's like, Hey, uh, nothing wrong with it, but there's stuff to be done. I want to be clear headed. I, a lot of people are entrusting a lot of things to me. Uh, and I never take that lightly in almost the bad extent of, you know, it can be stressful to say, Hey, I'm going to take charge. Here's an idea. Let's all jump in. And then at the end of the day, I'm the one that everybody's looking to, you know, especially finances, because let's be honest, we all got to eat. We all got a pair of bills, like you're saying. So there, there's a lot. And being broke sucks. I've been broke. Right. And it sucks. <laughs> being broke sucks. Money isn't the goal. But, you know, you, be, you know, happiness and having a full belly and just being able to do what you do and can sleep through the night without any fucking drama is the end result. That's what we all right. want. Yep. And uh and I just think it's awesome that you're starting this company and you're getting out there. Your PR person reached out to me and you got on the cannabis coffee hour. I'm going to spread the love about your tea. Everybody, Lancashire, it, this is great tea. As I get older, my things are 
uh, I don't know if you know about the five Tibetan rites. I've been doing these stretches. They're called the fountain of youth, but they're these (laughs) stretches, but check them out. I will. Check, check those out. They've been helping me during the pandemic, like, and they're super easy and they're not macho, macho. It's all what monks would do right before they would meditate. They would do these five stretches that stretch everything. Like, and it's not hardcore. It's really cool. But, uh, but then I I like the sound of that. Yeah. I think you would dig it, Caleb. I think you would dig it. uh, As a person going into their thirties and forties, you start looking around because your body starts to fall apart. Your mind's going great, but your body, but you could, I always think the body is a temple. And yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you're given this life that it's amazing. I could talk, I could do Zooms, I could make beats. I could, you know, this is such a gift that, you know, health, health is just, you know, I just, I'm not the perfect, but I just know health and mind, it all, it's all connected, you know? Everything is one and you're right. The body's a temple and I was saying the other day, it's like, man, we, we just take our bodies for, you know, like for granted every morning you wake up and you get to do what you want to do in your body. And how many times a day, you know, for me, do I say, I stop and just say, Hey, thank you body for letting me be here, carrying me around the planet all the time. You don't ask for anything. And, you know, we just kind of take it for granted. Yeah, we get it all for free. We get this amazing ride. We get to see all these great, beautiful things, mountains, butterflies, smells, tastes, love, pain, all of it. And we get to process it all. And it's such a cool ride. It's not easy. I'm sure people are suffering out there right now. Yeah, there is suffering. That's part of it, you know? Part of it. That's a part of it. But I do think by introducing Canada, I don't think it's the end all, but I do think society would be a nicer society, a kinder society, if cannabis was legal. I really think that. And I think that uh, environmentally, you know, going back to farm to table, growing back to growing our own tomatoes, our own peppers, you know, setting up our own communities, taking care of kids, you know, all of it, taking care of our families uh, financially and with our health, in our mental health, you know, it's all connected. Uh, and you're and you're kind of <laughs> I, 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 I was laughing that the Kaufman name is big in the Amish. You're like the Kennedys in the Amish. Like <laughs> it's like Boston and the Kennedys. The Kaufmans are in the Amish in Lancashire. Uh, I think it's, yeah, it's a well-known name around here. So it, it, it's funny. Uh, the Amish smoke pot or do they not? Um, a lot of the Amish do smoke hemp. So like a lot of the guys that grow it, they'll use it. Um, but then there's a good portion that don't smoke it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, maybe a 50, 50. Yeah. That's just like, like, like I got plenty of friends that shouldn't smoke pot, you know, that, or, you know, I got plenty of people that don't and shouldn't, but some people should, you know, so it's just, it's just so everybody's a little bit different and everybody's figuring this all out. And to have this blanket statement, I think with racism, with everything, to have these ultimate blanket statements is really doing us a disfavor. Agreed. Yeah, I I think everyone should have the right to choose how they handle their mental health. You know, and that's really all we're after is to say, wherever you're at, that's fine. Like, be there, but then also have the freedom just to choose, Uh, you know, specifically with cannabis. Obviously, that's a big tool that people can use, um, you know, to help with mental health. Man, Caleb, I won't take too much more of your time, but I do think it's very I'm having fun. So let's let's keep going. Whatever. I <laughs> yeah. guess, we move on to some personal then. If I, no, no, I, was just gonna, I had a thought in my brain before I, I, uh, I was just going to ask you about, OK, the Amish. I was super interested. The environmental. Oh, so you just started in 2019. So the cannabis industry is, like you said, it's a little bit of a. uh gold fever gold what is the gold rush kind gold of, rush. Yep. it kind of has this gold rush so everybody's just like yeah i'll just open a dispensary but what people are finding out right now uh you can't just make money opening a dispensary you know it's just it, there's a it's a very complicated market right now first you have to have the laws you have to understand the laws because they're changing right. every- depending on what state you're in that's a whole different ballgame yeah. So how do you have a lawyer on st- what, what What did they say on staff? When do you what do you do with a lawyer when you just pay him and he handles everything? 
I don't know because I don't have one. <laughs> uh, what do they? Trump always says, or somebody always. Says, I got my on retainer. Do you have a? Uh, I, yeah, don't yeah, you have yeah. to have a weed? You have to have a weed lawyer on retainer, homie. You got uh, your high end weed lawyer on retainer to ready to you know fight for your Amish farmers out there, homie. So I guess I, I'm doing that myself. So yeah, that's an interesting. This is a fun conversation I could tell you about. Um, yeah. So let's see. Maybe I'm trying to think a time frame here. Back in October. So the hemp industry, as I said, new, it's rocky, it's tough. We're establishing the industry period. So not just opening a new business, we're talking about we are paving the roads of even manufacturing, of you know, people the sales outlets, the users, everything. So it's it's tough. You got to be able to like dig in deep, use your brain, and put in some hard work. And be um, real because there's a lot of shadiness. The CBD market, like when CBD yeah. people would hit me up, hey, Rob, what's up with CBD? Because they know I've been around the cannabis community for so long. And I'm like, dude, some of this truck stop stuff do not touch. You know, some no. of this stuff is really bad. Like everybody just jumped on the buzzword and all of a sudden at the bodega, they had CBD products. But some of those products I would eat and they would make me feel like shit, man. They weren't good. Yeah, there is a big problem with that dose, proper dosing and or just flat out mislabeling, to be honest. A lot of those bodega kind of products are probably maybe hemp seed oil that don't even have real CBD percentages in them. Wow. Like, so if you go on Amazon, you cannot buy legit CBD oil. You will get hemp seed oil. So if you're buying CBD products from Amazon, I would say as a personal recommendation, stop it. Don't waste your money. Find a local supplier or support Lancashire. But if you have another, you know, local shop, support your local shop. Um, but get get the real stuff because it yes, a major difference on that. Yeah, a major difference, and that goes back to the environment and the way it's prepared. And uh, yeah, uh, like like I said, the tea really feels earthy. Like it really has a natural. Like I'm at grandma's house and I'm about to pet a cat. You know, looking at a tree. <laughs> Like it really has that good. You could just tell when things are good. You could tell yeah. when things are natural. When you could yeah. tell when a uh, a tomato's full of GMOs and the one that's just been grown in a dope ass, you know, backyard with somebody with love and good care. You know, you Very could true. you could just look at them and just even their vibration of that object, you could tell which is which. And the same thing with toxic people. You know, you gotta. Uh, one thing with meditation, I've been thinking, not to go off, but conceptual thinking. One thing mm -hmm. is we have to, let, uh, where I'm trying to let go of conceptual thinking, you know, does that make any sense? It's like, we have- how, all do you, how do you personally define conceptual thinking so I'm on the same page? It's everything, words, how I'm okay. feeling about words. So is this a cup? Is it really a cup? I say it's a cup. But it's yep. really minerals and rock and every, you know, what is it really in the bigger picture, you know? Right. And I think about that because uh, we it's the labeling. They say suffering happens in the labeling of stuff. When you start labeling and naming, name, we're this, we're that, we're this. But at the same time, we're just this miracle of light that's exploding. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is cool. Another way I've heard that said is we 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 suffer when we put attachment to labels and feelings. So you know, if you're feeling a way, that's fine. That doesn't mean you are that feeling. You yeah, know I mean, it's, don't hold on to it. Don't attach your identity to it. We have to go through those feelings, and we have to yeah. work with those feelings. And cannabis can help you look and work through those things. You know, people talk about having panic attacks and stuff like that, and you. You know, yeah, you're messing with your consciousness when you mess with THC a little bit. So you have to be, I mean, I think the more people that are aware of consciousness before they start messing with this stuff in terms of like, you know, psychedelic uh, cannabis, the more they could see it for what it really is, uh, the safer it will be for everybody in society. That's all, you know. I, agree. I don't want to go too deep, too deep on all my stuff. No, yeah, no, it's very true. It is a medicine, and that's why I do like to use that word medicine, because there is a proper way to do it, and then there is a improper way. Um, and that's very true, because we and are dealing like, with... Yeah, in humor, in comedy, it's a, we're going through a lot of, like, punching down or being mean. You know, humor is a self-defense mechanism, so you could use it two different ways. You could just sure. rip on somebody and tear them apart, or you could, you know, bring levity to a 
rough situation. Yes. Yep. But uh, the same thing, I'm just thinking everything has a darkness and lightness. So it's like, yeah, the cannabis industry, we're excited about everything, but I'm glad people like you that are organic, that are working with farmers hand. You're not about the dollar bill. You're not making rap videos on tractors out there. You're actually getting down and, uh, you know, growing this stuff and, and, and giving love back into the soil and using the land, not just for highways and fucking malls and bullshit like that, like literally using it to create life and food. Yeah. Yeah. It's really beautiful. If anyone's ever in the area, just drive around Lancaster County. You get to see a lot of really beautiful sites like that. And you're only like two hours away from New York. I would Google mapped it. What is it? It's about two and a half to three hours. Mm -hmm. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. And this used to be a dairy place. Am I right? So one of your, this was a dairy. So there was cows there, right? Yeah, so dairy is really big in Lancaster, or I'll say was, and because of the, you know, recent, whatever, 10, 20 years of dairy kind of struggles, um, a lot of these farmers have not been able to sustain dairy because of, you know, kind of the mass production of milk. Again, when things get taken to that, like, monopoly mass production, the small guys, they are the first ones to suffer. Um, and a lot of them have looked to hemp growing as a cash crop to save the farm and, you know, kind of rebuild, which is, is hard because you don't want anyone to ever be in that spot, especially on a new industry that's rocky. Cause you're like, Hey, there's a lot of potential here, but also we got to be smart about it. Don't, you know, risk too much. Cause it could be a while before you get a lot of money back. You know, we are, it's a slow grind right now for anybody out there in general, probably, but specifically for us in Lancashire, it's just that, you know, sale after sale so we can, again, distribute um, and just see how, see how big we can go with it. From cows to weed. I love it, man. From ice cream to, uh, to uh, healthy cannabis, healthy grown, organic in the sun. I've said this over and over again on this podcast. Like I don't like super hydroponic herb like i don't I, I we had to smoke it in the 90s i understand it and the smell and the chronic and all that i like sun-grown cannabis i i could yeah. feel it in my veins when i know it has been grown outside with real love and real air i could yep. I, hey i love getting fucked up and all that with super hydroponic blah, blah, blah. i love that all and that's cool and all but there's a time and a place if i yeah. really had to sit down and roll a joint i want the stuff to be grown out in the sun you know and uh and just so i appreciate nature and uh i appreciate you i appreciate i know how hard this is caleb and 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 how you began from your childhood and it's just a beautiful cool awesome uplifting story and i appreciate your time and i appreciate what you're doing and i'm not just kissing your ass so i want more tea i'm just saying this is good tea i like the tea um, and I would have it. At, I, I think it should, a bag of this should be in every kitchen cabinet because caffeine isn't the end all and be all. And I do think high blood pressure is a real deal. Holyfield, like you got to, yeah. can you tell us, do you know the benefits of your tea? That's what I wanted to maybe talk to tap into. Yeah, yeah. The tea is great. Cause it is, like you said, kind of lowers your blood pressure. Now, and I'm always cautious to say, obviously, you know, we still don't have the FDA approval of a lot of these things, but uh, I personally am like, I don't care about the FDA at this point. I, I've seen real life results in my life. I see it in people that use our products. Um, so I'm not going to make any crazy medical claims, but I'm going to say you're going to experience those, you know, those calming effects, low, lower anxiety, lowering your blood pressure. Um, and, and that should talk to anybody. That, yeah. Yeah joints like my knees always ache now i'm 47 so my knees ache like you know i live on the third floor so i'm running man i'm going yep. hard in the paint so i need this i need the cbd to help my joints move and flu- if i don't have it i could tell yeah uh, um that's what i think loose leaf hemp tea is just something good to have in your kitchen cupboard if you really you know if it's like having bacon soda you know i think that's what yeah. i think it should get to a normalization of you know, because yeah, I, it's not psychoactive. It's just more mellow. It's like a better chamomile. Right. My my goal and like what I like to equivalent it to would be let's replace Tylenol and Advil with CBD. Yes. There's no reason, in my opinion, that CBD 
cannot be the, it is the exact same thing in a plant-based medicine. And I, again, I'm saying that as a non-scientific statement, but it's, you know, from experience of being like, this does the same thing. You have a headache, you want to take two Tylenol from pharmaceuticals, or do you want to make a tea, you know, make a cup of hemp tea? I don't know. There's some options. No, you're a hundred and it's going that direction. I will just say a little quick story. Somebody let us borrow their house. This uh, cool uh, kind of uh, this cool lesbian couple that are friends of ours had a place out in Long Island during the pandemic and we were stuck here. We had no place to go for months and months and months and months and months, but they had yeah. a place at the beach and they let us go there for five days. So we went out wow, there man. and hung out and I looked in the medicine cabinet and what I it just, you know, I just pick up things on society and in their medicine cabinets, right next to the Tylenol was a big thing of CBD. You know, it's just getting that normal. Like it should be, you know, CBD should definitely, taking Advil, I don't know. I mean, th that will kill your liver. I know a lot of like, you know, I knew some hard partying dudes in my twenties and some people yep. pop Advil like it was candy, like all day long. And that's gonna kill your liver in your thirties and forties. You're gonna be like, this thing just fucking rotted that thing out, man. And right. CBD doesn't, you know? Yeah. And the, the, the good thing that is nice that you can say with a factual statement is, you know, like to say, if you plant an apple seed, there will be an apple tree. If you fill your body with garbage, you will turn into garbage. <laughs> it's not like there's nothing to argue about here. This is a very simple statement of life. So if, yeah, you're popping Tylenol your entire life. That is a chemical based synthetic thing that will eventually catch up. Um, it's just life. Yeah, the same thing with Diet Coke and uh, like a lot of the stuff that we just take for granted. Like I just started using, I'm bummed because it's, but I started getting the more expensive deodorant. Are you on, on to this new organic deodorant thing? Are you still going for the, uh, are you still going for the Old Spice? I, st I mean, I'm an Old Spice guy, but they think it's got mad aluminum in it. So now I've been buying this $15 deodorant I just started that, you know, okay. I'm not saying honest, I don't use deodorant and I have not used deodorant probably for over 15 years. I forgot you're Amish. What are you, what, are you using yeah. lavender? <laughs> what do you do? What do you got? You got some raw lavender. You're growing some lavender. You rub some lavender underneath there. Are you going? I, I don't do anything. I oh. maybe, maybe I'm lucky and I don't have an overly stenchy smell. Um, so I'm just lucky where I drink lots of water. Um, this is, I'll show you, this is my jug. This is a half gallon. I literally carry this everywhere with me and try to drink one a day. So like oh, yeah. seriously, just chugging water constantly. So I guess I like to think my body is pure enough that I'm not releasing stinky toxins all the time because I take care of it. That's dope. Yeah, that's a, I, it's on my standup album, but I do say we are just bags of water flying through space. You know, we oh, literally, that's, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're literally just bags of water, you know, bouncing around on this fucking planet, you know, meeting each other. And uh, yeah, it shouldn't be happening. And it's, uh, you know, there's no, there's no reason why we should be here and being able to do this, but we are some, by some miracle, we're dancing this dance in light. And uh, we can't take it for granted. And I think growing cannabis and starting uh, companies and getting out there and talking about, you know, definitely, you know, uh, yeah, just uh, the trauma that childhood, everybody has, tr people think childhood's the best part of life. I would say my 40s and 50s, I, right now is the best part of my life. And I'm almost 47. Like I feel more right. self. You just grow. I'm just telling you, it gets better. And you start to process that trauma and you start to see what it is and it's not you and you get to move forward. And, uh, yep. but I, it, it is a part of it all. You know, it is a part of it all that we have to learn yeah. these lessons. And it's, uh, but hopefully the next generations won't have to. Well, I'd like to speak into that because that's a good segue into, some things that I've been kind of learning and kind of awakening to myself is so I, have, I have a six-year-old daughter and a nine-month-old son, uh, Penny and Everett. They're amazing. And even just recently, you know, she's growing up and learning to adapt. And, you know, she's, she's like her mom. She's a fireball of energy, which I love. Just like, just, she's just huge as a personality and she's only six. <laughs> and, you know, you're like, how do we create space for her? And one thing that hit me 
a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh my gosh, like I have a parent mindset towards Penny, my daughter. Like, what if I started thinking about her like an equal? You know what I mean? So for example, um, like you're saying, energy and vibes. Everybody is a ball of energy. Yes. And it doesn't, energy doesn't have an age. So no. Penny six, she's got all her energies and vibes inside of her. And she's experiencing very real things, just like you did when you were six and I did when I was six. And we all know that our parents did not treat us like equals. They treated, well, especially for me, I can say my parents in a very conservative biblical home. Um, you know, my dad literally yeah, said, oh, like, I got the belt, man. I was, yeah. <laughs> well, my dad said to me like three weeks ago, he was like, honestly, I only most recently realized that like my kids are not my slaves. And he's saying this as like a grown adult. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it felt like growing up. So kind of awakening to that and being like, why do we look at our children in this? Like, oh, I'm a parent and I'm older. I know more, um, which those are true things sometimes. But then we kind of create spaces for our kids that are child spaces to say, well, your emotions aren't important enough or they're not. It's too inconvenient for me to create space for you to feel what you want to feel. So I'm just going to minimize it and be like, no, you're a kid. I'm the mom and dad. You listen to me. Um, and that's something that I've been kind of trying to awaken myself to is like, man, Penny does not have to experience the trauma that I experienced growing up with not having a voice, um, you know, being shut down, traumatized, all the things that I know as you as a human being have also had to deal with. And so has every other person that's listening right now. So an encouragement to us all as we awaken together, it's let's create spaces for our children so they don't have to relive a similar type of emotional trauma that we all did because we can grow and learn and do better. Oh, man, that is brilliant. I love it, man. That is the truth, you know. Um, but we got to teach and teaching by example is the best way. And I think you're leading the best example in terms of starting a small business an organic business, an environmentally friendly business, a mentally health uh, beneficial business. Yeah. And I wish you the best of luck, man. Caleb, thank you for doing this. Uh, what's yeah. the next step? I, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. What's yeah. the next step in your world? Right now, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm talking with a lot of uh, state politicians and I am helping and hopefully bringing and manifesting new laws in Pennsylvania with cannabis. Um, so I actually wrote, I just, I received a message from the universe um, and was like, I am supposed to help do this. I wrote a 10 page bill. I'm not a lawyer. Um, the, uh, there's so many details, but um, wrapping it up, that is the future. So I am actively right now in conversations with politicians to change current cannabis laws in Pennsylvania to be more inclusive for everybody, which means farmers, patients, um, and also to right the wrongs that have been done to uh, black and minority communities via cannabis, which has been used so wrongly as a tool against, you know, taking voices away in those communities. Um, so to me, that's what's important for the future of Lancashire and also cannabis is to help make that change now, um, not, you know, next year. Like it's about the now, like we said. Yeah. And you're setting yourself up for next year in a hundred percent. Caleb, uh, you're so brave and so strong and I appreciate what you're doing. And thanks for reaching out to get on the podcast or your people did. Uh, I will spread. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. I'll have you back on Caleb as things go. I would love to come down there and do one from, from the farm. Uh, you know, I want to take the podcast out in the field eventually and really see what it's all about. You know, I, I have kind of an Anthony Bourdain vision for this uh, project with coffee and cannabis and mostly just meeting and kicking it and yep. talking plainly. That's why I talk with a lot of slang. I use curse words because I just want to speak as much as uh, being a lawyer is perfect. You got to get those laws. You're 100 percent. And I appreciate you doing that. Uh, but I think having real core conversations and honest conversations and yeah. dressing them up as this medical thing, just being like, dude, people are going to smoke pot. We got to make, you know, we can't be throwing everybody in jail and, and it could help my grandmother's knees and it could make, <laughs> make some plastic. Yes. Uh, I love all that. 
Yeah, uh, word up to Jack Herrera. Did you ever read that book, The Emperor Has No Clothes? Oh my gosh, yes. You know what we've been doing? So I have I bought a copy or two and um, I gave it to, I have basically like an Amish partner that's like kind of my, we do everything together and he's read it and he bought a copy and it's going to start passing around the Amish community, uh, which is hilarious because again, yeah, people that are put in the work before us, uh, like Jack Harrier, you know, it's getting passed around and in almost like a biblical sense. We're like, yo, you got to read this book because it'll like awaken you. So it's, it's very fun. It's very cool. I, I haven't ever sat down and read the whole thing myself. I should. Uh, but I did get to meet him. I met him a couple of times. We did the Cannabis Cup right. in Amsterdam. I got to perform and I met him and he has a great story. Everybody should check out this book. He has there's radio shows yeah. about him, but it's called The Emperor Has No Clothes. But the story about him was he was a Republican conservative business dude that turned to weed like is in his 40s. And then he went all in and just was like, dude, what are we doing? Like this could save the planet environmentally. This could save paper. This could make uh, products uh, for plastic. He had this whole prong, like how this plant could really help the society in so many different ways. And I think right now, back in the day, it used to be like, what's this wacko talking about? But now right. everybody's like, yo, this all of this kind of makes sense and works. Yep. Yeah, it's been like sitting there almost like he did a lot of hard work. Um, so thank you to Jack for all of your work. And it, it is coming to fruition now, wherever you are. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Kaleb Kaufman. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. All right. We're going to wrap it up. That's it. Uh, peace thank and you. love, everybody. Thank you very much. All right. Anything you want to say? Nope, I didn't know if you were going to end the video and then we'll end on our own thing or if I should end the video now. Oh, yeah, we're going to do that awkward little thing that we just did, but I'll end the video right about now. We'll stay on. Okay, hold up. Bye, everybody. <laughs>